You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here on the Locked On Nationals podcast here today on this Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. You guys have heard me talk about Locker Room so much. Download it today. Locker Room app, wherever you guys get your apps, either iOS or Android. All right, on today's show, we'll discuss the last two games of the Nationals series with the Atlanta Braves. They had one last night, and then at 12-20 today, they had a game. They split them both. They split the series. We'll talk all that and more on today's show. All right, let's get to it. It's been a busy day of baseball so far, busy last 24 hours of baseball and softball. You guys know I'm also the Locked On uh, Big 12 host. So simultaneously today, I had the Nationals game going. I also had Oklahoma and James Madison going. Now, I know not all of you are big softball fans, but I'm sure there are some of you who are uh, either know somebody who went to JMU or are fans of JMU. Plenty of people I work with at SiriusXM in DC are JMU alums, and the Dukes just took out the number one seed in the first game of the uh, Women's College World Series in extra innings. So I was watching James Madison do that, subsequently while watching the Nationals and Braves game today. So uh, full diamond sports going on right now. But for the Nationals case, they uh, you know we talked about the last two games, right? And we, we got up to the point of the Steven Strasburg game and discussed the Nationals doing a great job winning that one. And the Nats end up splitting this four-game series with the Braves. I am totally fine with that. I, I know they do have to kick it into some kind of gear, but I was more concerned about this series being, or this road stretch rather, being one that could see the Nationals kind of disappear into maybe some uh, obscurity, right? Into some non-relevance, depending on what happened today, uh, or not today, but just the rest of the series, right? Three more with Philadelphia, you know, two in Tampa, and then obviously the stretch continues with four home games, against the New York Giants. Well, New York Giants, the San Francisco Giants. So they played this series with the Braves. They lose that first game on Memorial Day. And, you know, you got to be concerned because of how that losing streak, you know, or, or that, that basically their losing ways had been, right? That that sweep they took against uh, the Brewers on the heels of losing two of three against the Reds, not being able to build momentum off of that series against the Orioles. And so I think the Nationals, all things considered with what happened this weekend, um, being in a position on the final day of the series after how things started off to win potentially three of four in Atlanta, you know, I know they ultimately came away with the split, but I, I think that should be noted that they put themselves in a position to win in a significant way. And I know they didn't take three of four. It would have been amazing to see, but getting that split, considering what happened, considering how they were playing, you know, once again, we talked about it going into this series with the Braves. You know, they've beaten them once this season. Uh, they, they beat them on opening day, lost the next two, got swept the next time. And then after Monday, you know, in seven games, the Nats were one and six to win the next two now. Uh, that was really good. So to get, you know, they've won three games against the Braves all year, the three and seven. It's not where you want to be, but to be in position, you know, like they were, uh, how they've been playing, I think it's a small. It's a moral victory. Uh, I know there's not a lot of those in pro sports, but I think when you lose Steven Strasburg in the second game of the series and your offense battles back like that, you're pitching John Lester on three days rest the next game. For you to go out and play like that, 
that's a victory in my opinion. And I know I was really critical of the Nationals over the last few episodes. Uh, this is where they deserve some credit. Now, I know they're not totally back in it yet, not completely back in this fight, but I, I do think they deserve some credit for the way they played over the last three days. Once again, it's about taking the positives and getting those things moving forward. So let's talk about the first game of the two, the last two in the Nationals and Braves series. They won that uh, game on uh, Tuesday night, rather, 11-6. to They come back on Wednesday evening and get a 5-3 to victory. Now, this is one where I, I talked about it. John Lester had to go on short rest, and he was awesome. Five and two-thirds, five hits, one run, two walks, three Ks, and the one run it came off of a home run. John Lester did his job in this game. That's what he was supposed to do, and that's really the kind of performance they need from Lester more often. And I, I know for him it's been a little bit of an up-and-down year, we talked about the injury earlier on in the season. They weren't able to get him back into the squad in a timely fashion. But uh, but now, and his record this year, he's 0-2 with a 4.37 ERA. But we talked about the kind of, kinds of starts he needs to avoid, right? Those starts were uh, against the Orioles in the game they won, right? Four innings, six earned runs. The previous start against the Cubs, five and a third innings, five earned runs. Uh, you know, we thought the Brave start, five innings, three runs. That's kind of where he needs to be. So he's been a mixed bag this year, but the last two starts, four innings against Milwaukee, one earned run on 74 pitches. You know, not depth, but that's keeping you competitive. Today, five and, or uh, yesterday rather, five and two-thirds, five hits, one earned run off the home run, 10 ground balls. You know, that's, that's going to keep you, that'll play, 87 pitches. So the first start that he's made in the month of June, thumbs up for John Lester uh, on the way he pitched in that game. you got to give him credit there. And it was a really positive uh, overall experience, I think, in, in a in a way the Nationals, I think it's a viewing experience. It was a, it was a positive overall viewing experience. I think a lot of us uh, were sweating it out a, a bit with him in, in this game. And the Nationals got enough offense. They got nine, uh, nine hits in this game. And on those nine hits, they scored five runs. They were able to do it in a variety of ways. Stalin Castro drove in uh, a run in the first, in the second inning, rather. They absorbed a Dansby Swanson home run. Juan Soto came at the top of the fifth and belted a two-run shot, 437 feet. Jan Gomes added a solo homer to break a 3-3 tie in the top of the eighth inning. And then Trey Turner drove in Victor Robles in the top of the ninth to make it 5-3 to give Brad Hand a bit more breathing room. So um, that's that's where the Nationals, I think, did a good job of continuing the offense. We talked about that multiple times on this podcast, the idea the Nationals need to sustain offense and scoring in four separate innings. That is what I call sustained offense. That's continuing to put the pressure on. If you score in one bunch and you can't do it again, you're not putting much pressure on. Teams can view it as, ah, oh, it's an aberration. They scored a little bit. We got this team. They won't do it again. Nope, they scored in uh, you know they scored in four different innings. They scored in different parts of the ball game, right? Scoring in the second, the fifth, the eighth, and the ninth. Those are the parts of the games you want to score in: the beginning, the middle, and the end. All three bases are covered. I know it sounds kind of fundamental, but just think about the, the way momentum works. You know, being able to stop the momentum. Let's talk about that game. You know, the night before, if we're going back to that, right? It felt like there was a stretch in that game where the Braves were making some headway and they were coming back. And that middle portion of the ball game, you know, the Nats were up, what, 6-1? to one? That fifth inning, the Braves put three runs on. The Nats then came back in the seventh and eighth with five runs combined there, three and two, three in the seventh, and then two in the eighth. 
That's what I'm talking about. Being a threat to score more often, right? It feels like Nationals' leads sometimes aren't safe because they can't keep the offense up. In the last two games, they kept the offense up. That means they kept the pressure on. That, that's, that's what they were able to do. And once again, Trey Turner had a nice evening. He was two for five in this game one. Soto uh, was one for three with that two-run jack. Also walked Josh Bell, one for three evening. Jan Gomes, great to see him go two for four and had that uh, critical jack. Kyle Schwarber goes one for three. Stalin Castro, one for four. John Lester even got in on the act. Victor Robles still trying to find himself just a little bit, uh, you know, but he, he was able to reach base in this game. So getting those guys on, you know, creating scoring opportunities. They were two for eight with an scoring position, but that was enough. It's normally not good enough uh, in, in most times, but today it was enough, or yesterday, rather, I should say, it was enough. Now the pitching, you know, after they brought in uh, John Lester, they, they go with Tanner Rainey. And for Tanner Rainey, it's been a struggle last year. I mean, you could see him sweating buckets out in the mound last night. He gives up uh, one hit, two earned runs while striking out three and also walked one. A 9.42 ERA and a guy who's been getting a lot of work in the Nationals really just can't trust. Uh, but the bullpen was so taxed the night before they had to go to him in that spot. Daniel Hudson, uh, an inning and a third, one hit, three Ks, was able to work through some stuff. He kind of cleaned up Tanner Rainey's mess just a little bit. Did give up, did give up some runs. Uh, that's... Yeah, that's got to be mentioned, but um, yeah, in that situation, that's one where you know they were trying to do their best to string it together, considering everything that had happened. But look, John Lester did his job and made sure the Nats only had to use three guys out of the pen. That's exactly what they needed in that spot. They 100% needed a little bit of rest of the bullpens, only having to use three guys. You know, having John Lester through almost six innings, that was good enough for me in my sense. You'd love to have eight, you know, seven, eight innings, but look, the guy was on, the guy was on short rest. Uh, Brad Hand closing the door in the ninth. No trouble for him. I know, we know it's been kind of up and down for him at times this year, but gets his ninth save of the year. Nationals win that one 5-3. to three. All right, we'll talk about today's game, a 5-1 to one loss for the Nats. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. You guys go to rockauto.com today. You can find thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers at rockauto.com. And best of all, prices are always reliably low. They are the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now to find all parts available for your car or truck, whether it be a daily driver or that favorite car, you know, a special car that you keep in the garage. They've got parts for all kinds of vehicles at rockauto.com. So go there right now, put uh, locked on in the how did you hear about us box. That way, they, that way they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, let's discuss the final game of the series. It was a 5-1 to one win for the Atlanta Braves, and the story of this game was that Patrick Corbin looked very strong for the first five innings that he pitched. Then the sixth, uh, things really went downhill, and they got they got out of hand for him pretty fast. And they kept with him because, you know, they're they short on pitching right now. But in that sixth inning, uh, they got an Acuna single, Albie single to center, which uh, and then was also an error as well that allowed Acuna uh, to, to score. And so Josh Harris messes up there, allows it to make it one nothing. Austin Riley doubles to right field. 
Al- Albie scores. It makes it two nothing. Then Dansby Swanson hit a 440 foot absolute moonshot. Uh, Austin Riley scored in that point. It was 4-0. We had a walk, and then Kyle McGowan came into the game for the Nationals, and he was able to kind of stop the bleeding at that point in time. But it was 4 nothing, and that late in the game, the Nationals' offense hadn't been very good. Uh, that was too much for them to overcome. And then Avila, uh, he drove in a run for the Nats later in the game to make it 5-1, but it didn't matter. Albies did drive in another one uh, in the eighth. So the Nationals' Offense was not good enough uh, in addition, but Sam Clay and Paulo Espino also pitched in this game, and Paulo Espino continues to impress. They might have to use him in some higher leverage situations, uh, but his ERA is all the way down to 2.12, so there is some positivity for you there. Sam Clay's had some high usage this this, this year, and um, he did give up a run, but at that point, it, it felt like the Nationals were kind of out of it just because the offense really wasn't going, and they couldn't get it going against Tucker Davidson, who Tucker Davidson was a guy they just called up from AAA to make the start today. One hit, five walks, five Ks. The Nats did not put enough meaningful pressure on him and did, also didn't hit the runners in scoring position. The middle of the order for them was also really bad. Uh, Harrison, hitless. Soto, walked twice, so he's getting on. So I'm not going you know, to hit him too much on this one. But Zimmerman, over four. Castro, over three. Robles, over three. Once again, they did work some walks, got some guys on base, so they did create some traffic in that sense, but still, not enough. Uh, they didn't deliver enough, and uh, that is kind of what cost them in this game. So uh, with that, you know, we talked about it a whole lot. They were one for nine with runners in scoring position. Uh, they left eight guys on base over the course of the day, and after Davidson walked the five, the Nats didn't get, uh, they didn't walk again the rest of the game, and, and after uh, Davidson left, they, they only got three hits across the final three innings. They didn't put enough meaningful pressure. They did get one across in the end of the game, but still, it, it, it didn't matter. It was not enough uh, sustained offense for them at this point. So that's kind of the story of this game. I don't think it was too much to harp on. Uh, once again, I'll take the split uh, of those, uh, you know, the, the entire four-game series and of the last two. We're going to pause one second, one more time for our sponsors. When I come back, we'll kind of talk about the the situation, the Nationals, and the position as they move forward with five more games left in their road trip and three with Philadelphia coming up this weekend. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. They've got nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There really is something for everybody. They've got 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar as well, and only 4 net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order today. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the uh, all the latest news, odds, and info. All your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action needs. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action. Head to BetOnline right now on your mobile device, sign up, 
Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On, and you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with, and so on and so forth. Once again, that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so here's how things sit right now for the Washington Nationals. At this point in time, the Nats are 23 and 20. They are six and a half games out right now. They've lost one game its current streak, and they're three and seven in their last ten. But there is some encouraging signs because they have won two of their last three. Six and a half, not a uh, a hill too far to climb. Totally fair saying that. The Marlins are 24 and 30. They're six games back. The Phillies are 26 and 29, four and a half games back. The Braves are 26 and 28. They are four games back of the Mets, who are 27 and 21 in first place in the division. Here's what I'll say that the Nats are going to play four with a very good San Diego Padres team who is very good at home. Now, on the side of that, the Washington Nationals will now head to Philadelphia for a three-game series with the Phillies, who are 15 and 10 in their home ballpark, and the Nats are 10 and 15 on the road. So that's what to watch. But once again, we talked about this stretch being a very critical one for them. If the Nats had gone one and three, you know, you can just kind of add it, but they'd be 22 and 31, nearly 10 games under 500. If they were have, you know, to drop that game with Strasburg getting hurt or, or lost the second game yesterday. So the fact that they were able to take two of four, treading water, just like I said, you know, they had not, not too much harm done. If they can get to this road trip, that's good because that gives them a chance then to get home and try and turn on the Jets, try to generate some momentum here because it's going to be hard while you're playing these teams right now on the road that are, uh, you know, the Braves who have their number, the Phillies who are a good home team, and the Tampa Bay Rays who have been awesome so far this year. So this is a challenging part of the schedule, and managing that is what it's about. Being good enough to play 500 on the road against good baseball teams in these settings, that's what you want to see. You can generate momentum off of that, that you can build off of that. They've just got to get to that point. And because the division, you know, nobody's really uh, nobody's really grabbed it by the horns yet. The Nationals are not too far out, and they still have plenty of time to make up the distance. But once again, what I was talking about here, you know, if they win, uh, they've won three total games in this road swing, you know, and, uh, you know, won one game against the Braves, one against the Phillies, and split against Tampa, right? You'd be looking at a stretch of three and six and, uh, you know, maybe a, a division lead around nine and a half or ten games. And trying to overcome all of those hurdles was going to be difficult. It would be difficult. And the Nationals, you know, staying not too far out of reach is really important, right? They're still in this hunt. They're still in this thing. Now, the injuries are tough. We have to mention Steven Strasburg is heading to the IL. We don't know what's going to happen there, 10-day IL, uh, with the neck tightness, soreness, I believe is what they're calling it. So he heads to the IL. The Nationals are going to have to figure out what they're going to do. They recalled uh, Kyle McGowan. He was the guy that they recalled uh, from AAA to be the guy that they're going to br- bring up now next. I would expect if things go well with Eric Fetty, he is going to take that spot. I think that's what they've seen all year long, and hopefully they can get him back because he's been solid so far this year, um, and he could soon rejoin the rotation. So he's got a rehab start in Class A Wilmington on Thursday, um, and so that you know that's today, and and we'll see. Maybe he could start on Sunday's game, which is Steven Strasburg's. Uh, that's his spot in the rotation. So that is something that we're waiting on to see. The Nats now, because the early game today, getaway game, they're going to Philadelphia. They've got three games there. We're going to be doing a full preview of this series with Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies. But your game times on Friday, 7.05, on Saturday, 4.05, and then on Sunday, it is a 1.05 start. So it's going to be Scherzer versus Wheeler, 
Ross versus Eflin, and then Velasquez versus whoever the Nationals end up throwing on Sunday. That's how things set up for the Nats. We'll have a full preview of that series coming up uh, on the show uh, tomorrow, so it'll be out tomorrow morning. Dan Wilson and I are going to record that later on tonight. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore, and also leave us a review if you guys could. That'd be really awesome and helps more Nats fans find the podcast, and it really does uh, help us, you know, grow this podcast, which we've been at it for a year now, really trying to grow it, and it's the uh, best time of year to do it as the Nats are in full swing. All right, that will do it for today's show, and uh, as always, my friends, until next time, stay safe.